0: You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Big Possible Show. This is your host, Noah Scott, signing on with Tommy Merced. So, Tommy well, he started his career as a video producer, doing all kinds of cool videos, and one day he let go of the photo studio, and for three years he drilled down like crazy into one area of video where he was helping his clients gain trust, credibility, and help people understand what they do through well, video testimonials. So, Tommy, welcome to the show. How are you, brother? Good to, good to see you again. I know you're hanging out in Malta, so how is everything?
1: Things are cozy. It's October. The sun's still out. It's pleasantly, you know, it's kind of that pleasant mid-temperature where you're not burning your face off, but you can sit outside at a cafe and half the time that's where I am.
0: Incredible. Yeah. So Tommy, Tommy and I got introduced through a mutual buddy, Michael Whitehouse, and, you know, just hit it off. We've been chatting and so want to just carry the conversation to the podcast because I know Tommy's got so much value. But if you want to just sum up for, for the listeners, what would you say is your number one superpower? The thing that you've honed through the years that is just unique to you?
1: I get people to open up on on camera about their experiences and when it's applied in the the business arena, that's quite useful for getting testimony from people about working with one person or the other.
0: Incredible. It's such a difficult thing when people get see the camera, they freeze up and it's like, they don't know what to say, and like being able to have that as a superpower is pretty epic. So
1: I've probably misled a bit to call it a superpower. You know, it, I used to work in <clears throat> photography and I used to play music. I used I used to photograph actors, and so I would play music and film soundtracks, and suddenly you'd start seeing them open up and taking on poses. So you realize that it's and it's not my skill set to be able to manipulate people like the puppeteer. I'm not good at that. So if you let people open up and tell their story and you make them feel comfortable enough to do so, they, they will. Our imagination is limited to what, you know, a person can share themselves without being prodded.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, as this is The Big Possible Show, I love to celebrate risk-taking, you know, and, and contextualize through the stories of people who are out there trying to pave their path in life and to show that, you know, we can get through it. And so if you have a story of the biggest risk that you've taken in your life, just to help people that maybe they're facing something, to share that story of how, you know, what was going through your head at the time and how you got through it.
1: At the time, I mean, looking back on it, I might have, if I'd have been smarter, I might have gone the other way. There were times when I could have started applying for full-time jobs. And as everybody does, you know, apply for the full-time job, work on the business. And then at some point, you know, the part-time thing or your hustle will become the main thing. But what happens to a lot of people I'd noticed was that they would get overtaken by this full-time job and that would become their identity and they'd get comfortable. And then they'd be like, well, I could do this hustle, but then I'd have to give something up. And I kind of realized that, you know, like the human spirit's not uh, an infinitely bendable thing. You know, at some point you'd be, when you get comfortable again, after having some hard times, it's not easy to step back into the arena. So I never took one. There were times when I was living on family's couches, getting yelled at to go do something else. You know, no money. I wasn't able to give any money to anybody. You know, I was I was the family bum. You know, I, I was like the, disgrace is the wrong word, but the one where they were all, they had a lot to worry about. And there was a lot of requests to, to take, go and apply for something. Ironically, when I applied for like anything part-time, occasionally, you know, the worst moment was probably trying to apply for a a part-time job at McDonald's again, just to bring in some wages. But I lived too far away. There were times when I could have gone that way, but had I done that, I wouldn't have been able to focus on the business. I want to. it just wouldn't have happened. It's not just time, it's willpower and and focus. And that can get thrown all over the place when you're bringing back your work to the house, you know, and then stealing yourself up. I know people do it, a lot of people break, you know, and I'd have done it. I don't think it'd have been where I am now.
0: Mm. I love that the human spirit is not an infinite thing. You, you only have so much time and so much energy in our life. And so if we think about the things that we're actually investing that time in, are they what we truly want? It's it's so powerful.
1: Yeah. I asked a coach once, you know, a friend of mine, and I said, to, we're talking football. He's not a mad football guy, but he understands people incredibly well. And I said to him, how is it? That, especially in football, in the European sense, shall we say, or uh, the world sense, how come a manager, like, should in theory get smarter as he gets with experience? But what happens is that the managers go generally, they the climb up, they might hit a peak, and then they go down. And once they go down, there's no getting back up. Mm-hmm. And I, I did wonder, I said, you know, why do you think that football managers... They have it for a couple of years. They win these titles. And then suddenly, they they can't manage a pub brawl. How, how is that? You know, what, what is it? that? And, and he said, it's the well. It, it's the same with boxers. do not matter how hard you train or how muscle-bound you are, at some point, every time a boxer goes to fight, he has to go back into the well and find, it, find the willpower again. And at some point, that reservoir does run dry, and you have to find ways to fill it up. Or, as, as the coach advised, you have to delegate. You have to pass it off because at some point you can't keep doing it yourself. Not because you can't physically do it, but your will will drain and you just won't give it the same attention and energy. And, you know, if, if a, an elite level like sports manager can, but is inevitably going to burn out at some point, then, you know, what what's for little old me?
0: Totally, totally. Another thing I'd like to talk about is impact, right? Because when we are, aligned with something that we truly care about and we're 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 investing our 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 spirit and our time into this thing that is actually like important to us it's one where we're able to just have a more impact with with our own lives like we're dialed in we're zero we're zeroed into what's important to us but also that trickles into other areas of our life and so i'd, I'd like to hear from you And and also like when people are listening maybe they're you know, they're feeling like as an individual, they can't really make that much of an impact in the world. So I'd like to hear like how you contextualize the way that you impact the world in a positive way.
1: Well, I, can, I have to divide that in like between two time periods. I mean, I've been doing this for a number of years and I'm not the best videographer around, you know, in terms of let's say a working cameraman. You know, I can if I want, I'm fairly visual, but I'm not the best, but I know how to interview people. And that got better and better over time. So the point where I refined the skills that much that I could market myself as the best at something. But there was a time when I was just building myself up. So there's a period where, and that sounds like a really arrogant way to put it, but that's the only context I can understand. But there was a time when I had very little, like not that, do you know what I mean? It wasn't there. And it was, it took a few years to own those skills up. So what do you do for a couple of years? And ironically, we met through Michael Whitehouse, right? And he had one of the sharper ideas. I mean, to be honest, I've never seen a guy, like, database his contacts and the people he can connect to the level he does. That is an ADHD superpower, you know. Having said that, I always try to be the connector. I always try to bring people together. There was a book I read called um, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. It's pretty well known. And most people forget the lesson at the back which is the guy who's working the least you know but getting a good living is the guy bringing other people together that's what i was doing all the time all right find what what do you do what do you do you should talk to this person and i'd remember it often enough you know i've always been a little bit of um, a community organizer you know not on a big scale but you know just sort things like whatsapp groups and whatnot between you know my friends in the marketing end or whatnot or when i was at Cam, i still count myself as a filmmaker when i was at you know, the Cannes Festival, we had a WhatsApp group that started with like 10 Germans, just we were making sure they were safe and they knew where they were. And it blew up to about 150 odd people, even when I'm not there, who are still like, where are you hanging out? What part are you in? Do you know what I mean? Can you get me into this place? Who's, do you know what I mean? So connection is everything when you have nothing. That's that's what, if if I was starting out and I had nothing, I would be the connector because you'll find your way afterwards
0: so true so true when when you get stuck how do how does community help you out like when you get to a point where maybe you don't know what the right path is maybe you're you're burnt out where do you get support from
1: ask you know if you've built a community there's you're not so high mighty. you can't ask for advice in that community
0: i love that it's one of the guiding principles like i've I I think there's like two types of people in the world. There's the guessers and then there's the askers. So many of us will guess all the reasons why someone's gonna say no or reject you. And then there's the people that just ask and it's so much easier to just ask. I love that.
1: There's a fear of looking like you're not the person who knows everything. Everybody's trying to be the the know-it-all on the internet, the person with all the answers. Because if you don't have the answers, then people won't, the, the theories is that people won't come to you, you know. But I find it easy to be honest about what you don't know. Um, you don't, I mean, there's a certain amount of times you can be asking the public, should we say. You can't be doing it nonstop. But at some point, if you don't ask, you're going to do something stupid, and that's going to make you look worse.
0: Yeah. All right, so let's, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about the business, and especially in, in terms of just converting and getting, getting more like credibility around your brand what are some of the things that you help your clients with that you found really successful to grow the leads that are coming in, increase conversions, all of this kind of stuff? Cause you, you specifically work with coaches, right?
1: I work with mainly coaches, but not exclusive to coaches. I, I a lot of coaches refer me to some strange, unexpected businesses. You know, I've worked with funeral directors of all things. So it, you never know what's coming. I help people win more converts than a Pepsi challenge. That's, that's, that's the phrase, you know, and that's, Probably revealing my generation so easily but there's a lot that people can be doing themselves and the easiest way to, at least on the level of advice i can give is that even if you have nothing if you have no almost no business no website you know no like money for google ads or anything like that and you don't even have clients you can at least get some video feedback from people and the way you do it is by saying, you know, like I will give you some free or discounted work. However, it's on the condition that when, when it's done and you're happy, you know, you've got a happy result that you will share some feedback on video that you can't say no about, that's, that's part of the deal. It has to be honest feedback. So you don't have to do any selling. It, you know, if you're unhappy, you can say I was terrible, but you've got to step up. And from that, you've got a YouTube video, for example. And then to that, you can show all the people that you, that you want referrals from. You know, I mean, I'd say direct sell, and yeah, you can do that, but ref- one person can bring you many referrals rather than just being one, you know, one person you put a target on their back. By getting them to use that little video to refer you, you can start getting clients which can pay for your website, can pay for your copywriting, you know, can pay for your ads when you get going. And the more clients you get, the more video feedback you can win over. The thing is, is that I written is useful. And the more you stack up, the more credible you will look, especially in Google and LinkedIn. With that said, it can be faked. I mean, video can be to a degree, but not as easily. So there is there is a necessity to get video feedback you know, or at the very least audio feedback that you can t- then turn into an audio wave thing. But without it, and, and, and take coaches for example, right? It's, I can say this because I'm Northern English, right? I, you know, it's one of the most discredited businesses out there. There's a lot more people bringing the industry down than there is raising it up. There's a lot, there's a lot more rookies with friends in high places or rookies or friends, people with friends in high places that are posing the natural people who can make an impact that harms the credibility of everybody involved. So when coaches are trying to win people over, you know, and some, you know, most of these people are serious and will pay for a result. They're up against a lot, you know, and the the more that belts are tightening in, I won't call it a recession, you know, but the more belts are tightening when people are worried about their money, especially what's going on in the world, the more that they have to do, people have to do approve the value of what they're offering. They have to show that there's a return involved. And if they're not doing that, why would I risk my money on you when it's, there's not a lot around? Mm. I, re-
0: I truly love that concept of stacking credibility because it's so easy to not focus on that and to just keep doing the same things you've been doing. But when you actually do take the time to ask your customers for feedback, get press written about you, get something that that can be a, basically a, a piece of leverage that remains, you know, cause once you get that video testimonial, it can live on your website for years to come. And then you, every time you get a new client, if you have that process baked in, boy, that just becomes a foundation to do just about anything. It's, it's so powerful, you know, as we're working towards wrapping up, I I'd love to shift and just ask a really kind of a, mainly a philosophical question, because you know you've made the conscious choice to live in malta because i think there's a there's a there's a level of freedom in and, and, and the weather and all of this other stuff but what does what does happiness mean for you tommy and and how do you think others can live a lifestyle that they feel truly free and enjoyable throughout their day to day
1: that is a very individual question and um, i can't easily answer it in a way that applies to everybody um, I've, I'm a refugee, I'm literally a refugee I, I mean ironically I got COVID going back to England after I'd had the jab but I fled England because of COVID fears not, it, it escapes memories a lot of the time and I think people found this insane but I had genuine concerns of getting not dying but getting long COVID so Malta was the place I knew I'd been coming here in business for years my grandfather and great grandfather in the armed forces here it was a place I was aware of my, my thing is just to get my mates over. There's that song by LCD, Sound System. You know, like you spend, you know, like you meet up with your friends and you spend 10 years trying to get with your friends again. I would rather bring them over here. That's, I like to see them when they're away from the drama. You do retreats, you get this. You know yeah. what I mean? I'd like to see it. I'd like to get my friends and, you know, whoever over to visit, pay for their flights if they need to, hang out with them for a couple of days, send them away happy and spend quite a time with them. You know, they, it, I could be in any place going as long as it's not a complete dive and if I'm spending good time with people I like that is time well spent that's it that, that you know what I mean that, yes. that that's freedom I if, if you're not around your mates or you're not or mates don't come to see you you know every now and then then life can be pretty dreary you know people ask me if I get lonely sometimes I mean I'm you know my circle is not wide here but when friends come over we make a little history you know yeah. and I, I enjoy that that's that's good living for me You know, all the creative stuff matters. All that legacy stuff is relevant, but it's who you do it with. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people in the film world, for example, who make films, but can't stand the people they're working with. They're not happy and they don't look back on what they're doing with too much joy. So it's, as I said, it's who you're with.
0: Beautiful. Beautifully said. Yes. All right. So final question. I love, I love to geek out on decision-making and I, I I try to ask every guest on the show just about their decision making process. So when it comes to just big life decisions, or even just the the little day to day things, do you have a decision making framework or a mental model that you found helpful to just uh, minimize regret and and do big things?
1: Most of the biggest decisions I've made in life generally are split second ones, or when you just you sat there and you realize there is no other way, and you think. I can't believe I've come to that conclusion, but that is the only one. In England, my football team got promoted a couple of years ago during the COVID year, you know, after 16 years out. And the emotion was extreme. And I was fully aware that they were going to get absolutely wrecked and party and do what sports fans do. And that kind of made me a little bit like, I might have to get out of here at some point or at least away for a while. So I came over for a break Went back, thought that was my life. And then I saw on TV things were getting worse and worse. You know, numbers were going up. Politicians were saying daft things. And I got out again and realized that I was going to be gone for a good while. I settled kind of as an afterthought. But the moment, like when I've had to move house or to another city or when I've left the area or I've moved into another business, you know, I had the photo studio. I gave that up. And when I did, it wasn't like a long drawn out thinking process, it was like, Damn it, I don't want to be paying like for so many hundreds of pounds of rent for the next two years. I can't see myself doing this. The video things check it, it's split second, straightforward decisions. You know, you just follow your, your gut, usually tells you that something's not going to happen for a good reason or something should happen for a good reason. You know, and a lot of people just blind themselves to the idealism of it.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Well, Tommy, this has been an absolute pleasure. Really love just your outlook on life and, and community and, uh, and business, all of that. So how do our listeners stay in touch with you and how do they support all the projects you've got going on?
1: Connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I probably should leave that alone sometimes, but I don't. Beautiful.
0: Epic. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for
1: sharing the platform.
0: That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. With that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.